Hi, Scott and John here. Yeah, folks, the world is fast approaching the end game, and we are trying to expose the upcoming deception before time runs out. We want to make this a full-time goal, and we need your support to fight the satanic global elite. So here's how you can help. Subscribe to the new Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast to listen to every episode ad-free. Plus, get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to a new community forum. Sure. So just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com or you can click the uh, link in the show notes to get started today. Thanks again. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. You're listening to episode 54, Lucifer, part one. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? Are you ready to take the red pill? And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Zena. Hello and welcome once again to Bible Mysteries Podcast and we are now video. Yes, we are. You guys get to see our lovely faces. You actually get to see what the warrior princess looks like. <laughs> That's very true. And uh, let me apologize in advance for your disappointment at seeing what oh, I look like. <laughs> but anyway, so we had quite a little of a fun uh, interesting time with our episode for we the did. celebration. We had some sound problems. That uh, <laughs> that I don't know why we couldn't figure that out, but we've got it worked out now, thankfully. Yes. Uh, but that episode is available on YouTube now. You can go back and watch all the fun and frivolity and the cake and the balloons. Very true. <laughs> but today we're going to kind of get back to business mm -hmm. and start talking about Bible mysteries again. So guess what our topic is going to be today, Zena? Uh, that's a good one. It's, I didn't tell you, so. Is it, it's not part two of it's anything. It's not a part two of anything. We're going to start a whole new thing. So, are you ready to take the red pill? I'm ready to take the red <laughs> pill. <laughs> we're going to talk about Lucifer. Lucifer? Yeah, we're going to talk about Lucifer. We're going to kind of explore more about him, his origins, and what he is going to ultimately try to accomplish. Okay. We know he's Satan. We know he's the devil. But not everybody kind of understands because when you think about it, well, where did the devil come from? Where did evil come from? You know, God had to create it. Yeah. So he did create Lucifer, we're going to find out. But he didn't create him to be what he turned out to be. That's true. Yeah. So we're going to go all the way book to the, back to the book of Isaiah. All right. And we're going to go to chapter 14 because it's the only verse in a King James Bible that the name Lucifer is even mentioned. The only time. Okay. And it's verse 12 of Isaiah 14. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, and here's why he's cut down and he's fallen. Thy, thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the uh, mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the Most High, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. So here's all these lofty things. He's saying, I will do this. I will do that. <laughs> and so what we find out is whoever this individual is, and we're going to explore him, he wants to be God. He wants to be above God. He, that, that was the whole rebellion thing about him launching this rebellion against God. So we don't know much about this person because it's only mentioned one time, the name Lucifer. Yeah. So we'll dig into the word itself. Okay, so it's uh, Lucifer is the Hebrew word, and I think it's pronounced Halel. Okay, and it literally means light bearer, shining one, morning star, which we're going to talk about because that's interesting. Lucifer, and it's used of the king of Babylon and Satan. And we're going to get back to talking about the king of Babylon in a minute. Because what we find out is this passage where Lucifer is mentioned starts off talking about the king of Babylon. Okay. So there's a connection, of course. But I'm, I'm interested in that when I read that definition for the word, and it's uh, in a concordance, they say morning star. That's problematic for me, that they would actually write that out. Because most Bible versions, except for the King James, instead of putting Lucifer, they put morning star. Why is that? That's a great question. How art thou fallen from heaven, O morning star? So instead of using the word as his name, 
Mm-hmm. So it's like it's not a real name, Halel or whatever that, however you pronounce that Hebrew mm-hmm. word, that means light bearer, light bringer, isn't a name like if I would say Zena. And if I looked up Zena in the Bible, if your name was in the Bible, it would be the Hebrew word Zena. Yeah. You know, or Scott, Scott. Neither Zena nor Scott are in a Bible. <laughs> <laughs> but you get the idea. Obviously, a Joshua or a Jacob or yeah. Caleb or something would have a name. Now, names mean things. You know, I understand that I mean, if somebody named Scott would be probably originally somebody from Scotland. Mm-hmm. You know, Xena, we know is the warrior princess. I think it's Greek, if I'm not mistaken. I bet it is. And the bet is probably short for a longer name. Mm-hmm. Maybe something like Alexandra or whatever. Maybe. Possibly. Have you ever researched that? I have not. Oh, yeah. That would be a fun project. I just yeah. know that I'm a princess. That's right. <laughs> she is a princess. Well, like my wife's name is Sandy, mm-hmm. which is short for Sandra which is short for either Cassandra that's true or Alexandra mm-hmm. you know so it's one of those things so like i said names usually have some sort of defining characteristic but this is not really a proper name yet the king james translators gave it one lucifer mm-hmm. okay so i think there's a reason why back to your question why is that why is that well in revelation chapter 2 and i'm going to go there because there's something very interesting. Jesus's angel appeared to John who wrote the book of Revelation. And he's speaking as the voice of God when mm-hmm. he tells him these things to write. But here's what he said. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works, this is verse 26, unto the end to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers even as I received of my father and I will give him the morning star. Now, if Lucifer is the morning star and you overcame all the tribulation and and persecution as a believer to get to the end, how would you like your reward to be Lucifer? (laughs) Be like, thank you. (laughs) Beggars cannot be choosing. (laughs) And not only that, but all the way in chapter 22 of the book of Revelation, we find the same angel of the Lord who speaks for Jesus says these words in verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you, to John, mm-hmm. these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, because he's of the lineage of King David, and the bright and morning star. The morning star is Jesus Christ. Really? Yeah. So if a Bible version translates Halel as the morning star, do you know what they're saying? They're saying Lucifer is the Jesus Christ. I think right now I'm really confused with the whole morning star because I'm thinking of the angels and them being the morning stars. Yeah, they're called the sons of the morning and the morning stars. That's true. Mm-hmm. But Jesus Christ is referred to by himself as I am the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. Now, it could be a reference to Jesus Christ speaking to him of himself as his angel. Mm-hmm. Because there is something called the angel of the Lord, and it is the, that person that's speaking to John who speaks and says, I, Jesus, right? So he's speaking in his voice. It's like you were the representative for your company. You know, I represent company ABC. My name is Zena, but I'm speaking on behalf of them to t- accept this offer or to decline this offer. Right? Okay. So the morning star could simply be a reference to the angel of the Lord speaking on behalf of Jesus Christ. But either way, he says, I, Jesus, am the bright and morning star. So the point being, Jesus is not an angel. He created the angels. Mm -hmm. But he probably created the angels to look like himself. Okay. Therefore, if they're called morning stars, and angels can be, and so only by that extension could you even try to say Lucifer was once a morning star. But now he's something else. Yeah. Okay. And therefore, the word Lucifer was chosen by the King James translators for a reason, to distinguish between Jesus Christ. But what's interesting is in those statements we read about Lucifer when he's when he fallen and he said, I will, I will, I will. Here he wants to be God. So you could see he would make that claim. Mm-hmm. I am the morning star. Yeah. So it's almost like anywhere that they translated it as he is the morning star, they fell for his trick. They fell okay. for that deception, if that makes sense. That does make sense. 
Now, back to the word Lucifer. And uh, remember, I mentioned the king of Babylon. Yes. Well, the context of Isaiah is actually starting off in that chapter about the king of Babylon. And so we'll find out that while there may have been a physical earthly king of Babylon like Nebuchadnezzar, we've talked about him in the past, and there were other kings of Babylon too. Mm -hmm. But even nations today or nations from the past could have had their original type in the nations on the world before man was even created when the angels dwelt. Okay. So you have to go all the way back to our first episode to remember we talked about the world that was. Yes. And in that one, we talked about there was an entire civilization of angels on the planet before mm -hmm. man was even created, and hence the rebellion and everything else, which we're going to get into a little bit now. But we talked about at that time, you know, that could be where speculation about Atlantis comes from. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, maybe that's when the Sphinx was built or the pyramids or you name it, whatever. So we're going to talk about the king of Babylon in that context. So we back up to verse 1. Lucifer is mentioned in verse 12. So we're going to go get what was before that for the context. Okay. So he says, for the Lord will have mercy on Jacob. This is verse 1. And will yet choose Israel. I will set them in their own land. And the strangers shall be joined with them. Strangers would be like Gentiles, all the non-Jews. And they shall cleave to the house of Jacob. And the people shall take them and bring them to their place. And the house of Israel shall possess them in the land of the Lord for servants and handmaids. In other words, the people that oppressed and put Israel in bondage are going to turn around and be their servants. It's sort of like, you know, payback. Yeah. <laughs> and they shall take them captives whose captives they were, and they shall rule over their oppressors. Now, the point of this is it's setting up a context for when God is going to restore Israel. So just because that's the context doesn't mean the subject changes when we get to Lucifer. So there's something about the restoration of Israel and Lucifer opposing that. Because he doesn't want God to restore her. Yeah. People, right? So verse 3, And it shall come to pass in the day that the Lord shall give thee rest from thy sorrow, Israel's sorrow, and from thy fear and from the hard bondage wherein thou wast made to serve, that thou shalt take up this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, and we'll read what they're supposed to say in just a moment. But so the proverb is like, you know, when everything's finally done and the dust is settled and Israel's back in their land and they're no longer oppressed and they're no longer sad and they're back to being God's people and mm -hmm. they, they're united again, reunited. Uh, they're going to have like a little saying, like when we say things like, um, what were they called when we were little, uh, when they used to have nursery rhymes? Yes. Right? Okay. So, and you would, they would it was to sort of help you remember, mm -hmm. maybe learn your ABCs or something <laughs> like that, you know? Well, um, a proverb is going to be sort of like a nursery rhyme, and they're going to talk about the king of Babylon. Well, we know Israel's not going to be restored until the future, so how many thousands of years are they supposed to go back and say a proverb about the king of Babylon, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if you and I were to talk about, boy, that nasty King Nebuchadnezzar, he really oppressed us. What was that, like 3,000 years ago? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know who Nebuchadnezzar is. <laughs> right. So that's so far, and we couldn't remember that. That wouldn't be much of a proverb. Mm -hmm. So it must mean that whatever this proverb is going to be, they were oppressed by the king of Babylon right before God delivered them. Mm -hmm. So here's the proverb. Okay. How hath the oppressor ceased or stopped? The golden city ceased. Babylon, the golden city. We'll come back to Babylon in a okay. minute. The Lord hath broken the staff of the wicked and the scepter of the rulers. He who smote, which is to strike, he who smote the people in wrath with a continual stroke, he that ruled the nations in anger is persecuted and none hindereth. It's like he's saying the tables are turned. The king of Babylon was oppressing the nations. He was beating the people. He was like a, a, like a horse leash or like a whip, you know, on them. And he ruled them in anger. And now he's persecuted. The whole earth is at rest, implying that it wasn't when he was in charge and is quiet. They break forth into singing. Yea, the fir trees rejoice at thee, and the cedars of Lebanon, saying, Since thou art laid down, meaning the king of Babylon, no feller is come up against us. And I love the word feller, because being from the south, <laughs> I think the word fellow, 
Look at that fella over there. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? So a fellow is a guy. Okay. Right? So feller is how we say fellow in the South. Mm -hmm. But in a King James Bible, since they're not from the South, <laughs> feller is a lumberjack. Really? Yeah, he cuts down trees. <laughs> so it used to be called felling trees. And a man that felled trees was a feller. So if you're going to cut down trees, you, you wield an axe and you, you know, mm -hmm. saw them in half. Well, that's what the king of Babylon's doing. He's cutting down the trees, the fir trees, the cedar trees. And now they're rejoicing because he's no longer cutting them down anymore. All right? Since thou art laid down, no feller has come up against us. Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. Like, hell is like, oh, here he comes. You know, if a average Joe dies and sadly drops off into hell, he's just one of another billion. Very true. But for hell to be moved and say, oh, make way, here comes the big guy, you know, <laughs> right? That's what this is implying. Now, have you ever, Zena, had the picture painted to you somehow, whether it was through church or whether through friends or TV or whatever, that like when people die and if they go to hell, they go down and the devil's there waiting for them. Have you ever been given that image? Oh, I always thought it was kind of like um, when you go to hell, there's gates, kind of like when you go to heaven, there's gates. But instead, you don't want to go through those gates. Right. And it's like super dark, super creepy. The closer you get to the gates, the more <laughs> hotter it gets, the more bones you see. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> well, you know, you're dead on about the gates because we're going to talk about those gates booyah. in Booyah, that's right, <laughs> in, uh, in the next episode, episode 55, because we're going to talk about something called the underworld. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to find there are gates in hell. Okay. Yeah. But I just remember growing up thinking that, you know, in fact, it used to say, um, I used to pass signs in the South that said, go to church or the devil will get you. <laughs> I have seen some of those signs. Have you ever seen that? And, and it always implied that he's red with a pitchfork, you know, yeah. and flames are around him, and he's in hell waiting to get he's you. He's got like you know? a little tail. Yeah, a little pointed tail. Well, the devil isn't in hell, and he doesn't want to go to hell. Hell was prepared for him, we're going to find out later. But uh, the idea is when he is finally cast into hell, it's going to be a big thing. Now, is the bottomless pit hell? It's part of it. Okay. Yeah, and actually that's even more about what we'll talk about in the underworld. Okay. Yeah. So you're, see, I'm glad I decided to put that one right after the one about Lucifer because it's going to open up so many questions about the underworld when yeah. we talk about Lucifer. And you're naturally just <laughs> finding those same questions. So that's awesome. So just to finish the passage here uh, Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming, King of Babylon. It stirreth up the dead for thee, even all the chief ones of the earth. It hath raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. So, like all the satanic global elite. Mm -hmm. All the wicked kings that have ever lived will be there to see him come. And see, they worshipped him. They followed him. And now the guy they followed is joining them in hell. Beautiful. I know. Poetic justice, right? <laughs> All they shall speak and say unto thee. Now, here are their words. Art thou also become weak as we? Art thou become like unto us? Uh-oh, you mean we followed you and you're just, you're in the same condition that we are. Darn. Right. Thy pomp is brought down to the grave. That means his arrogance. Mm -hmm. And the noise of thy viols. A viol is like a violin, so all his music, all the accompaniment of his brilliance and his glory, gone. Right? <laughs> and then this is where it really gets creepy, and this is the part that we'll cover in the underworld. Okay. The worm is spread under thee, and the worms cover thee. I'm going to take that as they're all dead. They are dead, they're in hell, and you're right. But we're going to find out that people in hell are covered in worms. Red maggots. Yeah. Which, which eats away at their flesh as they, as they rot in hell. That's, that's not a beautiful sight. Not a beautiful sight at all. So, what have we learned about the king of Babylon? He's a type. Regardless of which human being was ever an actual king over Babylon in history, we know that this king has existed before man even was created and will exist again as the final oppressor 
of Israel and the nations. He rules over the golden city. Okay. He ruled the nations that he persecuted. He goes to hell and he joins the other wicked rulers and he's covered in worms. I'm going to say it's Lucifer. Lucifer is the king in Babylon. He is because the next verse says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? <laughs> so there you go. So in other words, his ultimate end is to be in hell and he's got a special place preserved for him. And the, all the kings that are in hell are going to see him as he journeys down to me, the bottomless pit where he goes. You know, it's like they're in the sides and the prisons and then they're going to see him go into the pit. Yeah, it's like, you know, all I can think of is there being a bunch of like, you know, like when you go in a prison or what they show you on TV because I've never been in a prison. I think cells, that's what they're called. So what I'm imagining is there being like followers of Lucifer in cells, you know, like as if you were in a prison yeah. and Lucifer walking <clears throat> down with the guards and then. Oh, like the perp walk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a great, that's a good picture. Like, that's what I'm thinking of whenever he finally is going to, like, the bottomless pit. Like, all of his followers are looking at him, and they're either cheering him on or they're cheering him on in confusion because they're like, wait. They're probably not cheering him. They're probably jeering. They're probably, boo, we followed you, and you let us down. Well, look what that, that's a prime example. Don't follow Lucifer. Yeah, exactly. So, king of Babylon, right? Mm -hmm. He has a golden city. So it's interesting to know if we go all the way back to the book of Genesis, and you're going to remember we talked about the Tower of Babel. Yes. Right? Okay. So in the Tower of Babel, that was a city. But in, in verse 1 of Genesis 11, we'll we kind of refresh the listener's memory of the story. The whole, earth, the whole earth was of one language and one speech. It came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, just a, an open area, mm -hmm. and they dwelt there, and they said one to another, "Go to, let us make brick, or, or, or let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. Burning brick would be like to harden it, almost like pottery when you put it in an oven." Okay. Okay. So let us make brick and burn them thoroughly, and they had brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. The slime would have been some form of ad adhesive, you know. And they said, "Go to." Let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven and let us make us a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. So you think, oh, they're building a city. What, what could be wrong with that, right? And people want to build a city and name it after something. It's usually named after somebody. Yeah. Pottersville. Mr. Potter, right? <laughs> you know, and the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one. They were united. And they have all one language. This was before there were languages. Mm -hmm. And this they begin to do. They're just building a city and a tower. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. So since God thought, hmm, this is not good, then it can't be they were just building a city. That's right. Weren't they building a tower to... Reach out to the angels. I believe they were because in the very beginning when, when Lucifer, the serpent, tempted Eve and said, ye shall be as gods if you eat the wrong tree here. You'll know good and evil. Then he was offering her secret wisdom. Yeah. He was offering her knowledge to become as a god. So that's what man has always wanted. Man was made lower than the angels and he wants to lift himself up. So evolution, right? I'm good being lower than the angels. <laughs> Me too. Uh, we'll be united with the angels as our yeah. brethren, right? But uh, they were created a different way, and we were made lower than the angels. So he could easily tempt man by saying, I'll make you superhuman. Mm -hmm. You'll be as a god. Okay. So to me, since that happened, and we know about the angels of Genesis 6 taking the daughters of men and the Nephilim and the mighty ones and all that... It looks like after all that happened and after the flood of Noah, they wanted them back. Yeah. So if they could get hold of that knowledge, the technology that the angels had and their flying machines, mm -hmm. all that stuff, dark arts, sorceries, witchcraft, everything, then he said nothing would be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. So, I mean, they would go back to being every thought of the imagination of their heart would be only wicked continually as it was in the days of Noah. Yeah. So he has said, go to, let us go down and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. 
So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth. From thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. So Babel means confusion and scattering. So like we've talked about, imagine if you and I were working together and suddenly you start speaking French and I only can speak German. <laughs> and we've never heard those languages yeah. before. We wouldn't be able to work anymore because no. how could I know what you're telling me to do? You I have know? to go find all my French people. <clears throat> yes, and that's probably what happened. He scattered them abroad and people um, flocked together with the languages that they spoke in common. Mm-hmm. You'd almost think they would have had to. Yeah. So that was early in the beginning in Genesis. If we fast forward all the, way, all the way to the book of Revelation, we find the mystery of Babylon is revealed in chapter 17, verse 3. <clears throat> so he carried me away in the spirit, John writes, into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns, that's the beast, And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. She's rich. Having a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. So Babylon is drunk or filled with the blood of saints and of martyrs. The golden city, the oppressor, the king of Babylon. Yeah. Lucifer. So it's a picture of Satan as he oppresses the nation Israel, restored back to God before he comes back completely, and all the believers during that time. The word, it's interesting, uh, the one city that's mentioned more times than any other city in the Bible would be Jerusalem, mm-hmm. something like 811 times. Well, but the next most mentioned city in the Bible is Babylon. And it's something like 286 times it occurs in the King James Bible. Why? Uh, because it's always Satan emulating God. Okay. God has a city, Jerusalem. Satan has a city, Babylon. God is the king of creation. Satan wants to be a king. Hi, we hope you're enjoying the podcast, but I want to take a moment to remind you of something very important. There are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. And the world is fast approaching the end game, and we want to expose the coming deception before time runs out. Freedom of speech is under attack, and evil elements within governments and multinational corporations are trying to prevent you from learning the truth. Scott and I are being censored by social media platforms as we speak. This is true, so you can help us use the satanic global elite's own tools against them. Subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast so the controlled media can't shut us down. We can use our own platforms to help expose them and keep you informed. But to do that, we need your support. Help us to go full-time with Bible Mysteries. Just $7 a month gives you every current episode ad-free without these annoying appeals. You also get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to the community forum where we answer your questions. Just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to help us stop the assault on Christianity and free speech. And don't forget, you can always donate any amount to support us at utbnow.com. These gifts are tax deductible. Thanks again, and here's the show. God has a son, Jesus Christ. Satan has a son, the Antichrist. So it's always a copycat to deceive people into thinking. I read a post uh, today that said um, Satan won't appear as a red uh, red with horns, he's going to appear as everything you ever wanted. So when you think of it, he's going to try to make you think that he's God by providing you everything you ever dreamed of. Oh, they're going to, he's going to appear as Channing Tatum. <laughs> well, there are some people I know that probably think Satan is Channing Tatum. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I have no idea who Channing Tatum is just an actor, right? Yes. Okay. Um, so Lucifer is, as we've seen before, 
He's not a man, even though he's going to die like a man, because ultimately he'll go to hell. Uh, and he goes to hell in both his form as the dragon and in his form as the Antichrist, which we'll get to. But if we go all the way back to Ezekiel, you're going to remember that he's also called the king of Tyrus. And as the king of Tyrus, he's known as a cherub. Yes. So Lucifer himself is, uh, is the anointed cherub of Ezekiel 28. I'm going to read that passage right quick just to refresh our listeners. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius, topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. So he's rich. The workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created, built in musical instruments. But he's created. So he can't be a man, this king of Tyrus. He's a king, but he's not a human king. Okay. And then he says, thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. God's, I made you. I made you this beautiful creature. You had a purpose. It was a good one. I made you in righteousness. I made you to be a beautiful creature, to lead the worship of me, to carry out my will, to do my desire, to serve me in glory and honor and, and truth. But he didn't want that. You know, just as man rebelled against God and brought sin in, Lucifer rebelled against God. So I know that man rebelled because of Lucifer. But what, I mean, I know ultimately Lucifer wanted to be a king himself, but like how was that brought into the world? So the, the world was created. Okay. The earth and the angels were created in the heaven and the angels were inhabiting the earth. So they had nations, they had commerce, they had cities, they had trade. They were, it was God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. What would you think of as a kingdom? It's not just a big empty, you know, <laughs> like a desert. I mean, God had things built for his glory. I would imagine the angels constructed things, created things, wrote music. We mm -hmm. know they sang, yeah. right? So they would have been doing that. I mean, if, if they have musical instruments, they probably sang with those instruments. Mm -hmm. So all of that was in the world that was. For who knows how many millions of years that existed. We have no idea how long it was. But at some point, this guy, who was a king on the earth, it appears to have been like the head guy in charge. Mm -hmm. It was almost like, you know, a cherub has got four faces. Remember, we've talked about that. A man, a lion, an eagle, and an ox. So four represents creation. So like the animal kingdom is almost represented by the cherub, humanity, mm -hmm. the face of the man. The ox, the face of cattle and four-footed beasts. The lion, the face of predators. And then the eagle, the face of the flying birds. The only thing that's not counted, I guess, would be the fish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's a picture of his, in my opinion, position as almost like a ruler over the earth. He had dominion of the earth. He was a king. Now, Jesus Christ is God. He's the creator. And he could see the son of God in his glory. And he must have thought, I have it all and I still don't have enough. I want more. Yeah. And that's what led him, covetousness, to want more. And what he wanted was to be God. Nothing, what could be more than what he had? The only thing greater was God. Mm -hmm. So I will ascend. I will be like the most high. That's what it was. And that brought about that destruction that we find in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, when the earth is without form and void and darkness. Okay. So he says, Thou was perfect in all thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. So sin, iniquity. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence and thou hast sinned. What is merchandise? I think items. Like that you can buy. Yeah. Like a merchant, merchandise. So were, was he trafficking in something? Was he selling something? Is he was he must lies. Have been, yeah, definitely lies. Definitely lies. And he but it's something about the merchandise filled him with violence. 
and we'll come back to this another time maybe, but remember we talked about the love of money is the root of all evil. Mm -hmm. So it bears true here. Now, just as we did in Isaiah with Lucifer being a person, but we back up and he's talking about the king of Babylon. Here in this chapter of Ezekiel, we start off talking about the king of Tyrus and we see he's a cherub. But when we start the chapter, it says, the word of the Lord came again unto me saying, son of man, take unto thee, say unto the prince of Tyrus. Now, a prince is not a king, right? It's yeah. the son of a king. Mm -hmm. Well, who's the prince of Tyrus? Um, I'm assuming the Antichrist. That's right. Now, it still could have been a man that lived in the city of Tyrus after humanity was created. <clears throat> but he says, say unto the prince of Tyrus, thus saith the Lord God, because thine heart is lifted up. And thou hast said, I am a God. I sit in the seat of God, in the midst of the seas, meaning the oceans. Yet thou art a man and not God. Well, he's not the cherub. No. If he's a man and not God, but he's saying, I am God, then this is the chip off the old block. Mm -hmm. This is the Antichrist who will come. And so therefore the anointed cherub is his father, king of Tyrus, prince of Tyrus. Behold, thou art wiser than Daniel. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed it. I am a God, thou say. I sit in the sea to God in the midst of the seas, yet thou art a man and not God, though thou set thine heart as the heart of God. You might think you're a God, but you're going to die. Behold, thou art wiser than Daniel. There's no secret that they can hide from thee. So he's a superman. Mm -hmm. With thy wisdom and with thine understanding, thou hast gotten thee riches and hast gotten gold and silver into thy treasures. Treasures. By thy great wisdom and by thy traffic hast thou increased thy riches. Traffic is really the term for commerce and trade. Okay. Okay. It's kind of funny when you think about it. Traffic and you think of cars and being on the highway. A driver's license is a license to conduct interstate commerce. Did you know that? I did not know yeah. that. When you got license to drive, you have the right to travel anywhere you want to. Mm -hmm. But if you want to use the roads of this country... The license you pay for is so you can go work your job and drive to it. Doesn't it make you really angry? Yeah. <laughs> Why? So a driver license is a license to conduct interstate commerce. Traffic. That's why it's called traffic. Because all these cars on the road are going to do something to make money. You know, there are some people that are retired that should not. Beyond the road. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's, I, I have to be careful because I'm approaching that. <laughs> <laughs> They're just taking a Sunday drive on a Monday. I don't have time for it. So he says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, because thou set thine heart as the heart of God, behold, therefore I will bring strangers upon thee, the terrible of the nations, and they shall draw their swords against the beauty of thy wisdom, and they shall defile thy brightness. They shall bring thee down to the pit. And thou shalt die the deaths of them that are slain in the midst of the seas. And you're a man and you're going to die like a man. You may think you're a superman, but you're going to die. Wilt thou yet say before him that slayeth thee, I am a god? So imagine a guy coming up to run a sword through him. You can't kill me, I'm a god. And he goes, oh yeah? Oh God, <laughs> like, ooh, bad idea. But thou shalt be a man and no god in the hand of him that slayeth thee. Thou shalt die the deaths of the uncircumcised by the hand of strangers, for I have spoken it, saith the Lord God. And then he goes on to talk about the king of Tyrus. So you're seeing the connection, Lucifer and the Antichrist. Lucifer, the king of Babylon. To me, Lucifer is Satan. King of Babylon is Antichrist. Mm -hmm. Here, king of Tyrus, Lucifer, the anointed cherub, prince of Tyrus, the son of the king, Antichrist. He's a man, not a cherub. So... With his wisdom and his understanding, he got riches. Just the son, like father, like son. The father, every precious stone was thy covering. Covering. Mm -hmm. He wanted to be rich. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they filled the midst of thee with violence. And remember, the love of money is the root of all evil. So evil started because Satan wanted to be wealthier than God. Oh, it, silly, silly. I know. Silly. Now, the passage, I should have marked my time. I didn't think about my time. I don't remember when we started. Me either. Okay. <laughs> the passage that says the love of money is the root of all evil is very interesting 
because if I read the whole context, it's 1 Timothy chapter 6. We've never delved into this part before. That's Charlie the Wonder Dog. Yes, he's right here, just in case anyone's wondering. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. Mm -hmm. Right? And having food and raiment, clothing, let us therewith be content. I'm not good at that because I'm not content with just food and clothing. You know? <laughs> I want a roof over my head. I like air conditioning. Right. I like to watch the Saints on TV. <laughs> oh, not the Saints. Oh, of course. Oh, they they really did a great job against uh, <laughs> last night. <laughs> but that's another story. But they that will be rich, those that desire riches, uh, and I'm not talking about your average guy that's just working hard and providing for his family. I'm mm-hmm. talking about the satanic global elite. They that will be rich fall into temptation and snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. And that word perdition I want to talk about. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they've erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So in connection to the love of money being the root of all evil, he says those that desire money more than anything else drown themselves in foolish and hurtful lusts and they are in destruction and perdition. Now the word perdition is interesting because it's like another word for destruction. But it's used in connection to the Antichrist. So one of the names of Antichrist is the beast. Yeah. We've seen he's called the Prince of Tyrus. Mm-hmm. We've seen he's the King of Babylon, the yes. oppressor. But... In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, which Paul also wrote. What a name, Thessalonians. Yeah, the city was pronounced, it's a Greek city, it's pronounced Thessalonica. And you know it's still here today? Really? 2,000 years later, it's still here. You go Thessalonica. They call it Thessaloniki in Greek. I'm not going to say that. (laughs) So he says... Talking about the day of Christ, Paul says in 2 Thessalonians 2, (laughs) verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Well, that's the Antichrist, falling right after Satan. I'm so glad you explained that because I got really confused. Well, he opposes God. Mm -hmm. He exalts himself above all that is called God. So that's exactly what Satan did, Lucifer. And he, as God, sits in the temple of God. He's a poser, pretending to be God, but he's not. So he's called the son of perdition. So isn't it interesting that the love of money is the root of all evil, drowned men in perdition. Here's the Antichrist. He's the son of perdition. Mm -hmm. He covets gold and silver. We see he's rich back in Ezekiel. And then um, when he dies as the Antichrist, we saw hell move from beneath. Yeah. Remember back in Isaiah 14. And all those kings that went before him into hell, they say, is this the man that did made the earth to tremble? Or actually, I should read that passage because I don't think we read it. I'm going to go back to Isaiah chapter 14, <laughs> verse 16. <laughs> they that see thee when he's brought down to hell, they that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee. It's kind of like going narrowly looking, you know. Is this the man that made the earth to tremble? That did shake kingdoms? That made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof? That opened not the house of his prisoners? So we're talking about the Antichrist. He's the man. He he just said, Lucifer, how if they're falling from heaven, I will ascend, I will ascend, but he's going to be brought down to the sides of the pit. How? In the form of the Antichrist Mm -hmm. first. Then he himself goes into the... uh, Lake of Fire later, but he says, they see you, they look upon you. Are you the man that did all this? That made the world a wilderness? All the kings of the nations, even all of them, lie in glory, everyone in his own house. But thou art cast out of thy grave like an abominable branch. And as the raiment of those that are slain, thrust through with a sword. He's going to be killed with a sword. 
That's aggressive. To go down to the stones of the pit as a carcass trodden under feet, because thou hast destroyed thy land and slain thy people. The seed of evildoers shall never be renowned. And then if I scroll down, I want to get to one point. He says, um, the Lord of hosts hath sworn, saying, surely as I thought, so shall it come to pass. And as I purpose, so shall it stand, that I will break the Assyrian in my land. The Assyrian, Assyria, is Babylon. Okay. Because Babylon, <laughs> the Babylonian Empire, encompassed Assyria. It encompassed other nations too. But Assyria was like the main drag. You know, it was the big deal. So he's known also as the king of Babylon, and he's known as the Assyrian oppressor, the Antichrist. Okay? So, and it has to do with geography, so I don't want to get into all these nations because they've changed a thousand times, you know. <laughs> but um, basically he's saying, you're the guy that did all this, and now here you are in hell just like the rest of us. So remember we're talking about, he, one of his names is the son of perdition. He's going to be destroyed. He's going to be cast into the pit. Mm -hmm. Okay, now, speaking of the pit, <laughs> and I'm starting to think we might have to make this a two-parter. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> because I think we're going to run out of time. I put more in here than I thought I can use in 45 <laughs> minutes. So chapter 13 of Revelation, verse 1. Now, this is the appearance of the beast. So you're going to recognize at least some of this because we've read this before. John writes, I stood upon the sand of the sea, saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads, ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. So we've talked about that seven-headed red dragon. Yes. The dragon is Satan. Well, this is the Antichrist powered by Satan, right? Mm -hmm. So he's got so many different forms, you know, throughout the Bible. He's got names. He's son of perdition, Antichrist, beast. He's prince of Tyrus. He's king of Babylon. Mm -hmm. He's all this, all right? And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. His feet were as the feet of a bear. His mouth is the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seed in great authority. So that's his connection. Father is pushing son right along. Yeah. Okay. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. So that's a picture of how he's going to be killed, and he's going to end up in hell. Now, I think what we're talking about is Antichrist is going to be a man, with Satan's power, Satan's blessing. He's going to be killed at some point in the middle of his terror. Yeah. And he's going to be killed by a guy with a sword, and he's going to die like a man. And he's going to go down to hell as a man. But that dead body is going to be miraculously healed by the dragon, serpent, Lucifer. And that's probably, I believe, going to be the exact same time when the angels of God kicked them out of heaven in that battle and cast them down to the earth. So when he appears on the earth, to me, Lucifer's going to find a way to inhabit that body. And he's going to be like a, a possessed man, a dead body possessed, because something he's going to do is going to raise him from the dead. Yeah. Like some serum, some injection, some mark that causes him to rise from the dead. And that's going to be the deception that the world's going to go, ooh, I want that too. I want that juice. I'll take the mark. I'll take the I don't want it. Yeah, yeah. And because they're going to want to become superhumans too. Yeah. Right? But anyway, he's going to rise up again after three days, emulating Jesus. Oh, that's so rude. So they're going to think he's the Christ. Yeah. Right? There you go. Antichrist, right? <gasps> And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth, <clears throat> speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months, three and a half years. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So 
the beast is going to be empowered. He'll die. His soul goes to hell. That's when the kings see him. But he doesn't come back. His body rises from the dead and Lucifer inhabits his body. And so therefore there's an interconnection. Okay. Okay. So there has to be something about um, the term perdition that ties into all this because we're going to have to cut this one short because I don't think we'll have enough time to cover it today. So we'll make this a two-parter. Sorry about that. <laughs> but it's good. I don't even know how many minutes we've been running here. Can I see? Yeah, 30. We're already at 30 minutes now, and I know I stopped and started again. Oh, that's so right. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it was 15 minutes. Uh, so we're probably right around 45 minutes. But next week, we're going to pick up where we left off, and we're going to talk about the son of perdition because we're going to find out that I say Lucifer possesses the body. Mm-hmm of the dead body of the Antichrist. But in reality, he's got a thing prepared to inhabit that body. So he's still going to be manipulating things yeah. like this, you know, so he can do other stuff. Uh, he might present himself as like the lead so-called alien or angel that comes down to help guide humanity into a better world, you know. Mm-hmm. But the thing that's going to enter into the body of the Antichrist has already died once and is in the bottomless pit right now and is going to come back into that dead man's body and declare himself to be God. Wowzers. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. And you'll be shocked at who that person was. We know from history who that was. I know there's someone in there, but I don't remember the name. <laughs> that's okay. I thought it was the beast. Like, and it is know, the some, beast. Someone that's bigger than Lucifer. Well, it's not bigger than Lucifer. He's like the guy that Lucifer's going to use. Okay. But I'll give you a little hint. He's been in the bottomless pit for 2,000 years. 2,000 years. Yeah. So you'll have to tune in next week. Yeah. If you guys know the answer, please leave it down below so I can (laughs) pretend like I knew it. (laughs) That's right. So if you find this, uh, um, when you watch this video and you want to comment on it, Leave your comments down below if you think you know the answer, and then we'll uh, we'll get into that next week. I've actually talked about this before, so I bet there's some people that maybe follow some of my other Bible studies that know the answer. Probably. They're probably like writing notes. <laughs> Unlike you guys, I can't write notes, okay? <laughs> well, anyway, I'm just so glad for your time today, and Zena, for you being here today. Thank you. So we appreciate you tuning in, folks. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. Subscribe, share, and then comment down below something new you've learned. Or if you know who's in the bottomless pit and you want to help me out, (laughs) please comment it down below. That's right. And once again, don't forget, you can find all the information you need at utbnow.com. That is where you can locate uh, the, the Bible studies that we do. Some of those are done live on Facebook if you ever want to join us. And you can email me through unlockthebible at gmail.com. You can also donate if you want to uh, through PayPal at the website. So thank you all for your prayers and support. And thanks for tuning in. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Bible Mysteries and share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast. You can even gift a subscription to a friend. That's right. Remember, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to join and help us expose the satanic global elite, or make a tax-deductible donation at utbnow.com. We need your help to fight the global censorship of the truth. Thanks for your support.